Uncaged. Uncaged. A show celebrating thought leadership from today's top business leaders. The program provides a voice to amazing executives from around the globe who are shaping the world of business today and mapping the path to the world of commerce tomorrow. And now, please welcome our host, Bant Breen, as we begin another Uncaged episode. Today, we're speaking with Jim Roselle. Hey, Jim, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, I'm well. I'm well. I'm excited to talk to somebody in my, uh, my hometown, uh, Chicago. Jim, uh, Jim is the founder and CEO of Hotel Compete, which is an organization that assists hotels with a data-driven approach to competitive alignment. Uh, I, I'm sure it's going to come out in a little bit, but... Jim has an extensive career in the travel industry and really an industry that's now going through, um, I'd say, a reinvention with data right at the center of it. So, Jim, you're obviously the man, the man of the moment. And so I'm excited to talk to you more about what you're working on. But before we get there, tell us a little bit about yourself and your career today. Um. A little bit about my, well, you know, I've been in the travel industry, uh, you know, I like to tell this story because uh, I always find it amusing, but I've literally been in the travel agency since I was a, a small child. And when I say a small child, I mean, you know, nine, 10, 11 years old. Um, my mother owned a, uh, a, a travel agency. Um, and then she was one of the first wholesale tour operators in the United States um, out of wow. Dallas, out of Dallas, which is where I where I originally grew up. But um, so, you know, we spent our Saturdays and Sundays uh, stuffing tickets into envelopes um, in the garage with, you know, chalkboards counting. This is how many people are on this flight. Here's a list of hotels and how many people oh we have booked God. at this hotel. Um, <laughs> So you, yeah, know, you, so did you were you were you were born into the industry, <laughs> whether yeah, whether I liked it or not, because that's that's how the bills got paid at, at home. Um, then you know I, I I grew up in a small town in Texas called Euless, Texas, and in about about 1978 they built DFW Airport down there, um, and the dynamics of the very small town that I grew up in changed dramatically. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, next thing you know, it was a, my small town was a medium-sized town, and everybody in that medium-sized town family worked for American Airlines, who was the big yeah. airline at DFW. Um, when I was 15, I got the very, very lucky break to get a job working for American Airlines, um, being one of those fine people who took people off the off the airplane in wheelchairs and took them from oh, gate wow. 36 to gate one or you know the people who sat in the room and we entertained the unaccompanied minors while they you know for their hour layover while they went to someplace else um yeah and so i did that for a few years um you know back and forth and that's really how i started working at american i kept i maintained that job no matter what i did uh, going off to college and 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 well and whatever but um then then i i got into uh um, a different travel agency working for them. And mm -hmm. one day I was the guy in the back room who, you know, they could count on to do pretty much anything. I used to do the arc report for the hotel, for, for the travel agency, even though uh, wow. I wasn't terribly qualified to do it, but, you know, I could count and add and, and sort really fast because my mother had made us do it as children. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, lo and behold, my boss got a call from American Airlines it's a training class that they had had for a very particular part of Sabre mm -hmm. had somebody drop out at the last minute. They offered him a free month's worth of 
Saber if he knew anybody to uh, who could fill the position, and uh, mm -hmm. he recommended me. And uh, the rest, as I say, is history. I worked for American for the next seventeen years while I went wow. to college, while I got married, while I had had you know started a family and whatnot. And I progressed at American Airlines from a travel agency support desk to um, a product development role for that travel agency tool that they sold to mm -hmm. a, to, and, and at one point in time, I turned to my wife and I said, honey, we are never going to advance my career if I don't get on the actual airline side of all of this. <laughs> so I walked into an interview in pricing and revenue management for American Airlines or American Eagle Mm -hmm. um, sat down in front of the guy and flat out told him, um, I don't even know what revenue manage it, management is. And until <laughs> I walked into this interview, I didn't even know we overbooked planes, but um, I'm really, really good with spreadsheets and I'm really, really good with doing things quickly. And I learn fast and I'm begging you to take this, let me get this job. And you know what? The guy hired me. Oh, um, wow. And from there, um, I kind of took off. I, you know, I worked in I worked in pricing and yield management. I was the first ever American Airlines represent uh, pricing analyst who who was focused on Southwest Airlines. Who, uh, at the time, uh, my my our vice president of revenue management, her name was Barbara Amster. I walked into her office and I said, "Hey, Barbara, this um, Southwest Airlines is a real pain in our ass. Um, what are we going to do about it?" And she said, "Oh, Jim, they'll never turn out to be anything. Don't worry about them." And I said, "Would well, you mind if I continue to track them?" And she <laughs> said, "She said, sure. Well, you know." Three years later, they were the second largest airline in the United States. And um, wow. so we did that. But well, obviously, at some point, you shifted from the airline industry over into, into the hotel hotel area. So right. tell me a little bit about that transition and, and the emergence of your business, Hotel Compete. Um, I, uh, I left American to uh, go work for a, what is largely considered an OTA, you know, like a orbits or Priceline or whatever. Um, and so I was responsible for, you know, at American, I had done all the data procurement for them. That was my thing. I built the largest data warehouse in the world while I was at American. And this company came to me and said, hey, we need to do this for this startup company. Can you come work for us? And I said, mm -hmm. sure. I made the huge jump to leave. I got a retirement package and uh, I did that. It shifted over to, uh, to the hotel industry. And quite frankly, I was really quite baffled as to how little data they used at the time. And so for the next 10 or 12 years, as I moved from one side of the hotel business to the other side of the hotel business, I was constantly bothered by the fact that um, they spent such little time worrying about what their competitors were doing mm -hmm. um, and so much time worried about their own individual performance. And all I could think is, well, this is a share business. You should know more about your competitors than you know about anybody because your only yeah. way to grow is to steal share. And so I spent a good chunk of time with them, you know, building revenue management systems, building data warehouses, um, building analytic tools and things along those lines that people weren't terribly accustomed to using. Um, and we started to get into much more complicated things that we wanted to do. And at the time, I didn't really have anybody in, that I worked for or worked with who was terribly interested in this stuff. And I was very right. interested in this stuff. Well, that's how Hotel Compete started, right? I was determined to make sure that other hoteliers were going to be interested in the same things that I was right. looking at and I was concerned about. And I started a business to do exactly that. 
Um, so really so, provides uh, kind of competitive analysis across um, major hotel brands or yeah, tell but, me how yes. it works. Yeah. So, you know, we do, we do something very unique in the industry that they call, we call CompSet Analyzer. And the, the idea really is, is that, you know, if I'm a hotel in downtown Chicago, there is a set of hotels that when somebody is booking my hotel, that the booker themselves has looked at as alternatives. You, you know, if I'm the, the Hyatt in downtown Chicago, there are clearly a couple of other hotels who I am in direct competition with for, you know, Booker A's dollars and, and whatever. And the hotels are, were very, very poor in my estimation at identifying who those actually were. They had some, some market type assessments, you know, Hyatt assumed it competed with Hilton, Marriott assumed it competed with Hilton, but then there'd be this independent hotel down the street. They'd be like, well, I don't know much about them. So it's easier for me to forget them than it is for me to actually pay attention to them. So we started developing models that basically allow you to say, Hey, here's my hotel. You can push a button and we've collected all kinds of information in the background on what services and amenities are there, what guests think about it from guest review point of view, how close it is to demand drivers, um, what they're charging for their rates, what kind of room types they have, um, how easy it is to search the hotel. It would be the same things that a consumer was looking at if they decided to book one hotel versus the other. And so we developed a model, push a button, Boom, it comes back and says, here are the five or six hotels that somebody is likely looking at when they're looking to book your hotel. Wow. We'll call that your comp set. Um, ironically, I, I developed this while I worked for another company. Um, I, when I worked for Carlson Hotels, I lived in Milwaukee and our mm -hmm. offices were in Minnesota. So I spent a lot of time in hotel rooms by myself. Um, and uh, Carlson didn't like the fact that when I showed them who their real competitors were, they weren't who they were marketing that their competitors were, um, which explained a lot of our performance issues. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah. um, they decided that they didn't want the model. The first, the first step to success is acceptance. And then oh, you can start to shift. Yeah, exactly. Isn't it, isn't it the truth, right? Um, <laughs> in, um, I've, I have a nephew all the time and that we would go out with and I'd be like, I look at him and I go, you know, Chris, I really love you, but there's no way those girls are going to pay attention to you. You need to like, you know, you need to fish where there are girls in your league there kind of thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's the same, it's the same thing for, it's the same thing for businesses, right? You, you know, I'm not, um, hotel compete is not going to take IBM's largest customer tomorrow. There's just no way, but there's a lot yeah. of companies in our realm that I'm going to take. So mm -hmm. in any case, Carlson didn't really want me to continue to work on this because it didn't really align with what they thought of their company. And so they gave you a free run at, at building this out. And it sounds like it's really flourished. So, yeah. yeah. So what kind of hotel groups use this? Large ones, medium sized? Who, who, um, everyone? You know, we have clients that range from the largest brands in the world to small independent hotels all by themselves with management companies and asset managers in the middle kind of kind of thing. Um, I'm really surprised at some of the people who come to us, uh, you, you know, uh, kind of business that I didn't really think would come to us. We have a lot of people who are in like the uh, hotel procurement business who come to us knowing that we have large lists of hotels and things along those, those lines. So like any good data model, right, we've been able to sell bits and pieces of the data to people for different purposes than we even originally intended the data or the the business to be um, uh, part of. And so, um, yeah. And, and I think it's really interesting to hear where you talk about coming into the industry and 
companies or hotel groups were really not applying any competitive data. I imagine you must now be experiencing almost like the opposite, which is that they've gone from not doing anything to now probably wanting everything and not really knowing what they want. <laughs> um, but I'd be curious to hear how what you're doing fits into the context of business today and, and really this demand of everyone trying to be a data-driven business. You know, I, I, think, I think the one thing that we've done very, very well that a lot of people in the data-driven businesses haven't done is... Um, you know, I always tell people, people, oh, big data this, big data that. Well, you know, the problem with big data is, is there's probably a hundred people in this world truly qualified to look at tons of data and identify issues. And you know what? And until that portion of the, the world grows and, you know, anybody's listening to this, I strongly urge you to go out and get your degrees in, in complex analytics and things along mm -hmm. those lines. But I will also tell you that it's not for everybody. Right. Um, you know, there it's, it's as much art as it is science, probably more art than it is science. But one thing that we've done very well, and I will tell you, it was a stumbling block when we started the business, because when I started the business, I had very complex outputs, very complex mm -hmm. things that I had to do. We had to simplify it down so that the masses understood at a high level that what was going on in the background was complex, but that mm -hmm. the answer on the outside of it was simple and easy enough and intuitive enough to, uh, you know, to, to make sense. Um, when I worked for American Airlines, we would spend $10 million chasing a half a percentage forecast improvement because we knew to the bottom line that it was, was worth. However, I spent a lot of time in American Airlines telling them that they spent $10 million to increase forecast accuracy half a point to make an extra $500,000 every year. And then it was going to take a really long time for it to pay for itself. And, you yeah. know, they would look, they would kind of look at me and go, I don't know what that means. I'd be like, no, I'm telling you that, that you're wasting your money here. <laughs> you could have answered all your questions with the data you had before, um, you know, and you just tried. So I think in the world of big data, the, you know, the key to, the, moving forward right now, or the key to be successful right now is to have outputs that are simple enough Mm -hmm. easy enough to understand and applicable to the masses. And, and honestly, answer simple questions first. Data is a matter of trust. It, it is a matter of, of trust, right? I will, mm -hmm. tell you, I will tell you that the answer to question A is X, right? And as soon as you believe me that, that X meant something to me, you're going to ask me a little bit harder question than A. You're going to ask me A plus B. That is how we have, have basically grown our business is, mm -hmm. you know, a shift to simplifying things down, helping people with easy tasks, and then easing them into larger, more complex tax, tasks. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I can only see the, the benefits of how this is applied. I guess I'm just so aware of, of all these applications that have popped up that are hotel related, like, you know, Hotel Tonight, or all these various products that make the purchasing of hotel rooms more efficient and probably help hotels manage their inventory more effectively. So I'm imagining that all these companies really need what, what you guys are working on. And, and I'm curious to hear how the pandemic has Im impacted things. I can imagine probably early days, everyone was freaking out, but tell me about the challenges and, and perhaps kind of how the industry is changing around the last couple of years. Um, you know, the pandemic, certainly in the hotel industry, threw everybody for a loop, right? You know, suddenly you went from people who spent their whole lives welcoming people, hugging them. You know, I will say this about anybody in the hospitality. If, if, if the hospitality is good at anything, if you want to meet a really good hospitality, 
he's that person who makes you feel happy the second you meet him, right? That's what they do, yeah. right? Their, their job, their job is to make their guests happy. It's to please people. It's it's the it's who's successful. You take um, you know a group of people like this, and suddenly they have no guests, right? And the thing that they mm. know that inherently they're the best at are suddenly gone. Well, they yeah. start to kind of, you know, it, it was it was very very rough for the for the industry. You wake up with you know. My, my life's purpose is to uh, please my guests and make sure that they have a wonderful stay. And, and, you know, and whether you've been in a hotel and had a bad experience or not, I promise you the guy who owns that, that hotel is that guy, whether, whether yeah. it worked out or not to having empty hotels. And then there is the panic from, you know, a large portion of hotel brands are franchise oriented, right? Mm-hmm. Well, franchise companies, um, you know, they collect fees and they provide services and things along those lines. Well, when those fees dry up and, and whatnot, suddenly the, all the services and stuff that they're, they're providing for their constituent hotels dry up as well. And those constituent hotels go, I don't know what to do now. I, you know, and so I think what has happened in the industry since the pandemic is, is that the hotels have become a little more independent on their own Mm. even though they're part of large brands they've realized that for a year they were kind of left hung out to dry and had to figure out how to do things on their own and so i think they're a little more confident to either a push back on brands and things along those lines and say you know what that didn't work for us this is what did work for us or Mm -hmm. b push back with them with their own data and their own solutions and say we did this we use this data to get there um we think this really works how can you help us to augment this? And now the, it's left some of the brands kind of scrambling to say, hey, you know what? Yeah, we should have been looking at that for you. We should have been. Looking. So together, I think they've kind of, one got educated from, from the uh, franchise end, one got educated from the franchisee end. And I think they've come to more in the middle than they ever have before, um, which is good. Have, have there been any kind of clear winners and losers um, in the space or? Uh, limited service hotels. The limited mm. service hotels that have, uh, have, you know, I think they went from being, um, you know, we don't have restaurants, we don't have these things and whatnot to, uh, and afraid to price up accordingly. And, 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 and now they're a little more confident. I think they are realizing that, you know, without all of the services and amenities around you, you can still provide a great experience for a, for, for a guest um, and do it at a reasonable price. If anything right now has come out of the pandemic, it is that the hotels themselves are far more aggressive from a pricing point of view. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So pricing is one of the factors that you think will be a continued focus. As you, I'd say, look at Hotel Compete's solutions that you're offering, where are you guys evolving in terms of the data that you're looking at and how you're applying them to the challenges that the hotel industry, I would imagine, is going to still see for the next couple of years? Uh, the thing that we are venturing into now is um, what we call rate monitoring, um, which is really, you know, rate monitoring used to be, I would give you a bunch of rates for your day and a bunch of rates for your competitors and expect that you could look through them and identify, you know, where you were good. Um, and now, now what, now I think what's, what we're focusing on is how do I help you zero in on the dates in the future where mm-hmm. you need the most help? You know, where, where the position that you've gotten yourself into through price changes and competitive changes has left you no longer in the position you want to be. You know, what, what we've, we've really started focusing in on is making it easy for hotels to identify those dates out in the future where they need to have some proactive change. 
which has mm -hmm. always been very difficult in this industry because there's a lot of automation in the pricing world, but it used to work much better when a handful of hotel companies had large amounts of automation and they had an advantage from it. Well, now every hotel company has pricing automation. And what happens is those, you know, one sets a price and then no one responds and then they respond and they respond, and they respond, they respond, they respond, they respond. And it's doing it all in an automated fashion. And at some point in time, people lose the, you know, the daisy chain of connections as to how something happens. And so what we are focused very, very much on for the next year is providing hotels with tools to find out where they went awry in the daisy chain kind of thing. Mm. The automated hotel recommendation, you know, the one that said, I was at 109, you should go to one. 14 competitor responded at 119 they told me to go to 124 and you know we kind of bounced around and suddenly the price was up 15 dollars or 20 dollars and with four other competitors you couldn't really make sense of it so we have we are working very hard right now at developing tools that we call rate momentum monitor that allow you to very much zero in on where your value proposition has gone around oh that's great yeah it reminds me a lot of some of the tools for kind of online marketing that have, have played out over the years as as things like purchasing search became more and more competitive how do you manage and monitor and optimize your search spend as it as the as everyone was piling onto the same keywords you know uh same kind of challenges uh, that's that's a really, really valuable area. Well, listen, Jim, thank you so much for telling us more about um, what you're working on at Hotel Compete. Uh, I would say that as far as I can see, you are really at the center of of change as an industry really starts to have to, I would say, has to embrace more and more data to shape how they build a performance hotels experience. Um, uh, thank you so much for being on Uncaged today. Um, Jim, we, we, we uh, always ask before we end, um, where would someone be able to reach you if they wanted to ask more questions about Hotel Compete? Um, you can go to our webpage www.hotelcompete.com and see, I, you know, in all honesty, an overview of the products and services that we have. Um, you know, we do a lot of ad hoc stuff in there, but um, you know what? They can reach me directly at jimrosell at hotelcompete.com. Um, we are a small, tight knit group here. Um, we don't, you know, we, we don't have a thousand employees. What we have is, you know, a couple dozen very, very passionate people who are doing it. Um, if you even have the simplest questions about your competitive space in the hotel world, shoot me an email. I'll probably directly respond to you at first um, to kind of feel you out for what you want, but um, we'll have somebody uh, you know, helping you out very soon. Uh, there's hardly a piece of data that is available to the general public that we don't collect here. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, any questions that anybody has, please reach out to me directly. Uh, it's, uh, I love it. I love it. Jim, thanks so much for being on Uncaged, and I look forward to having you back. Thanks so much. All right, cheers. Bye.